0: One of the biggest sellers and one of the most experienced has recently had the revelation once again that staying in stock in your best sellers and his is staying in stock in your best sellers in the country that it's selling in massively increases your sales. Welcome to the K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit, and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Is your Amazon private label business set to survive the downturn? Most sellers don't know. Surviving a downturn means squeezing out more profits and slashing waste. But many sellers don't know exactly where their business is making or losing money. If that's you, we can help. Our new quick assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. For a quick but powerful diagnosis of your biggest issue, just go to AmazonProfitQuiz.com. That's amazonprofit quiz.com to get your free instant analysis if you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode just go to amazingfba.com forward slash third so for one dear amazon or e-commerce seller my question to you today is simple are you sitting on a gold mine but you think it's just a rubble mine or a rubbish mine? If so, I may be able to help you crush your Amazon profit margins today with some simple approaches. Stay tuned. Hey folks, this is Monica Veazey from Amazing FBA. The 10K Collective Podcast is here for the six, seven, and eight-figure Amazon sellers. If you have an existing business, this may be for you. Why this matters, Amazon sellers are frustrated at working hard, but they don't have enough money left at the end of the month. We talked about this already in our previous episode in the Protect Your Profit series. Um, but you don't know where your money is going and you don't know if you should reorder products or you think you should launch new product lines in order to expand your business. Maybe, but I would go for the money that's at close hand if you can. What we want from our products, people think they want revenue, but I think what they really mean is they want their money. They think of revenue as their money until they go to an accountant at the end of the year and realize that their money is profits or rather, If they have any profits, that's their money. So I think what we really want is a return on investment, which is something I'll talk about in another episode, cash flow, if they're smart, and profit. We also want our products to be repeatable. We want to be able to have a continuous income stream. And people are missing out when they get it wrong on what's already working. If they don't have a profit analytic system, they don't know what's working they don't have a way to analyze or to bring to the surface the best products that are the hidden gold in their gold mine. And they get shiny object syndrome, or what I call creativity syndrome. Great, I've done that for a while, and I'm going to do this thing, because that's how you make money, right? You do new stuff. Well, sometimes, but it can be that actually you're going to make the best money by doing the stuff that already works. So the trick is to find it. Who this is for, this is for a wide range of people, really resellers using RAOA wholesale sourcing, that is retail arbitrage or online arbitrage. If you have your own brand and it could also apply, this episode definitely applies if you're also a Shopify or di- direct to consumer store owner, if you have a big catalog as well. Using Amazon profit analytics or Shopify analytics or apps, is like panning for gold. We've talked about this already. E-commerce is the new gold rush. So my take on it in this episode is don't throw the gold out with the gravel. So yes, you got to sift through a lot of stuff to find the gold. And a lot of people make the mistake of thinking, I'm going to sell one product having done research, meaning keyword research and Google research, but not active research where you get actual data back, your own data. They look at external data using Helium 10, Jungle Scout. And that's a fine starting point. Don't get me wrong. But that is not it. That's like panning for gold once in one bit of a river. You need to put plenty of products out there if you're really going to find out what works. And that is only going to be, this strategy is only going to apply for you if you have more than one product. If you've got one product, I can't help you. This is about somebody who's got a catalog of different products. So the key here is this. Once you've got the gold, You need to remember to go back for more of it. Don't throw it away with the gravel. So we're going to go in two phases. Phase A, as I call it, is finding profitable products. So as I mentioned in the previous episode of this podcast, you need to get an e-commerce profit analytics program or something specific to Amazon or use the Shopify reports and make sure you break it down into input accurate cogs. I'm just repeating myself here, but it's really important. You've got to have accurate cost of goods sold. So you end up with a gross profit number by product line. That's the key, right? That is the metric that for me helps you make decisions of, should I order more of this product? Shall I stop ordering it? Whether you're buying it from wholesale, buying it from Argos or Walmart or whatever, or order it from China, same difference. In the end, you have a catalog of products. Some of them make profit. Some of them don't. If you find the ones with the profit, that is what we're focused on today. Remember to review the data regularly. I've said this before, but I'll say it again because it's so easy to miss because we all get busy. Annually is too late. Reviewing things with your accountant annually is too late. Quarterly is a minimum. If you're UK based and you have VAT returns to do with your accountant, you'll know that you end up having to do those quarterly. Anyway, that is not necessarily going to force you to look at this product by product gross profit margin, which is the metric I'm really interested in here, but it's a good chance to talk to your accountant, make sure your accounts are in order, and more importantly, the gross profit. You're probably going to use something like Sellerboard or either if you're an Amazon seller or if you know, some of the Shopify reports, the gross profit report, unsurprisingly, is the one you'll need. couple of hints on how to find the really profitable products. Note products that are frequently out of stock. That probably means that you've sold more than you had. That's obvious. Now, have you had tiny stock... That would explain why it's out of stock. But if you bought what you thought was a reasonable amount of stock and it keeps going out of stock, that's a major hint that if you haven't done so before, you need to look at the profit level of that product. That could be the product that will make half of your profits. Sometimes it's that extreme, right? So always use things going out of stock as a point to get very interesting. Why is that? I'm selling a lot of it. Okay. Is it also profitable? If you're selling a lot and it's not profitable, I would suggest. Supply and demand determine price. Economics 101, if you have a limited supply, then put the price up so that you sell it more slowly, but you make more profit. Okay. However, assuming you can get hold of more of the products reasonably easily, then the main thing is stay in stock. Again, it sounds like a statement of the obvious and it is in theory, but in practice, I've seen this with some of the biggest, smartest sellers in the Amazon mastermind that I run. A 10K collective mastermind here in London, England. And uh, one of the biggest sellers and one of the most experienced has recently had the revelation once again that staying in stock in your best sellers and his nuance is staying in stock in your best sellers in the country that it's selling in massively increases your sales and of course your profits as long as you're selling profitable products, right? So do not overlook out of stocks. The next thing to think about is this obviously find the highest margin products. Some products will sell at a very high margin but they hardly move. Some products will sell a lot but a very thin margin. Obviously there's a sliding scale between the two, but you will if you look at the absolute margin or the absolute profits that a product has made for you in a quarter or a month or a year, you'll quite quickly see which products you need to be doubling down on. Also look at stock turn. Strictly speaking, of course, that is not a profit and loss metric. That is a cash flow metric. So you're converting cash into stock when you buy it and stock into cash or inventory into cash when you sell it. But it's so critical. You've got to look at that. I'm going to talk about cash flow metrics and return on investment, stock turn separately because that's so critical. But just know that you need to look at that. If something's turning over frequently again, you should consider selling more of it. Don't ignore it. The other thing is don't worry too much about ROI. That's, again, strictly speaking, a cash flow metric. I would think about calculating a ROI instead, much more important metric. And I'll tell you what that is in a future episode, so listen out for that as well. Okay, so phase A has been about finding or gathering the data, making sense of the data, finding the profitable products, if in doubt. Then simply list from seller board or from the Shopify gross profit report under finance. If you want to know how to find it, by the way, I found it earlier today because I'm working with a client who's on Shopify, here, but he's approached me knowing that I'm an Amazon specialist. I said, well, okay, you want to work with me? So this, it applies across the board. If you want to find it on Shopify, I'll tell you how to do it in a second. Can't find that now. You basically need to go to the analytics reports. Uh. Choose the category of finance to make it easier to find. And then it's gross profit. There you go. So what we're interested in is gross profit by product line. Okay, next thing, phase B, implementation. Double down on out-of-stock profit products. I've talked about this before. Make sure you stay in stock or deepen down on fast selling and profitable items. By the way, if it's fast selling and not profitable, either put the price up or stop selling it. Do not sell unprofitable items. I hear lots of weird excuses. Oh, it gives me brand exposure. Yeah, but you could get brand exposure and get paid by selling profitable products. Okay. So that's for the private labelers or the custom product creators out there. I'd imagine retail arbitrages or wholesalers probably less prone to that delusion, but don't sell things that don't make profits. Forgive me saying they're blindingly obvious, but it blows my mind. In reality, how many times I see people doing that to so stop doing that? Okay, the next thing we want to do is double down on the high profit items. And there is so many ways to do this, actually. What you can do, of course, reallocate capital from the mediocre or downright loss-making products. And you can put that over to your high profit items and you can double down on the stock. But that's only one way of doubling down. Another way you can do it is, and this is super powerful, as a way of creating an entire business. You can create variations or find variations or create variations by bundling. On profitable items so if you find that you know, for some reason you're selling a hell of a lot of dogs bowls this year my dog well, sell a double pack and then sell a dog bowl and a dog blanket and some dog food i'm making up terrible bundles here because i don't know that market but that's an example by the way that that brings you to bundles which is a, another whole business creating strategy you can create an entire business from bundling i'm not suggesting you should do that but that you to ignore it is it's just foolishness and again so many people make a lot of money once they just do this you find a product that sells the very least you should do is sell a two pack a four pack or whatever eight pack of the same exact product that's really primitive intellectually and creatively but it works works really well as long as you price it correctly the customer gets value and you still get profit if you price it incorrectly you won't make a profit don't do that <laughs> The only time I should say that you should create a bundle or variation that doesn't make a profit is if you're doing a loss leader, in which case you could do a one pack or a small pack or a, a quarter size, a container of oil or serum or whatever on earth it is you're selling just to get people to come to your listing and to get to rank on the search results. And when they click through to your listing, you should then have bigger variations, of a, a bigger size, more quantity available, which will actually make you profit. So this, that's the only place where I'll allow you to just break even, right, or possibly make a loss. By the way. If you set it upright, you often won't make a loss on the small ones as well because you get small on light kind of charges. I'm just saying. I've seen that with one of my clients. And then bundles. My goodness, there's no limit to the number of things you can bundle together. This is true if you sell private label only or custom products only, or are you 100 reselling other people's stuff, or a mix of the two. Right. So, I will talk about creating variations on profitable products in a future episode because it's so powerful; it deserves its own strategy. And the same with creating bundles. But just to re- reiterate. The, the question is, are you sitting on a gold mine? Let's just review. First of all, you got to look at the data. So you got to find the profitable products, get an e-commerce profit analytics program rel- relevant to your um, personal uh, platform of choice. For Amazon, people use Sellerboard, fine. If you've got Sellerboard, use it. I, if you don't have one or you want to, to upgrade, EVA is better value. It's about 29 bucks, the basic version. That includes sales and profit analytics like Sellerboard. Custom reporting at a product level, which is really helpful. Sellerboard is not very good at that. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash. So for, Frankly, advertising analytics, dynamic pricing, imagery management and replenishment forecasting, which is a whole different kettle of fish we'll talk about separately as well. So all of that's included, incredibly cheap. If you want to get a free trial, even better, you go to amazingfba.com forward slash analytics, A-N-A-L-Y-T-I-C-S. That's amazingfba.com forward slash analytics. So get something like that. If you're on Shopify, you go to the reports menu. So analytics, reports, categories, finances, and then look for the gross profit report. If you're using Sellerboard or that gross profit report, because I did analysis of this Just today for a Shopify store owner I'm working with, you will need to get the individual transactions, which it gives you unhelpfully, and lump it together into product by product numbers. Or get your VA or assistant to do that if you're wise enough to have one. So that's the first thing. Then you need to make sure you input accurate cogs. Do not work on inaccurate figures or you make terrible decisions. Review the data regularly, quarterly at minimum, monthly is better. Note frequently out of stock products. Find the highest margin products. That's absolutely the key to all of this. Look at stock turn as well If things. Turn quickly, like the sell quickly, then you should probably consider selling that more. Don't worry about ROI, but we'll talk about that. And then the implementation phase, phase B, if you like, double down on out of stock stuff. Make sure you stay in stock with best sellers. Double down on high profit items above all and Where are you going to get the money to double down on that? Well, you stop selling unprofitable items or items that are profitable in theory, but that take over a year to turn the stock or something ridiculous. Take the money out of that slow moving stock or low profit stock, put it into the high profit items and preferably things that move quickly as well. Then you want to create variations on profitable products. That's a huge strategy and create bundles, including profitable products. Again, a huge strategy. So if you have a substantial catalog, you may not have to do any creativity of market research outside of what you're already doing. Yes, some, of course, but you don't have to go into a new product category as such brand new or do a ton of keyword research in the abstracts. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that as well, but you may as well really optimize what you have. There's an amazing book, Jay Abraham, who's like the god of marketing for those of us who've been around in this world for a while, I started internet marketing about 2007, and he's a fantastic guy. James Trumko's favorite book by Jay Abraham's is "Getting All You Can, Everything You Can Out of Everything You Got," or something like that. Getting everything you can out of all you've got. I think this is pretty much along the same lines, which is getting everything you can out of existing product lines. You already probably have inventory, or at least you have a listing on Amazon, or if you don't own the listing, at least you know how to list against it. And you probably, if you're a wholesaler or a private labeler or a custom product creator, you have a source of supply so you can get more of it, right? If that's the case, then you really should do this exercise. When I say exercise, it should become an obsession, a way of life. Then if you expand a really profitable business that makes the most of what it has, then you're expanding a winner. What a lot of people do is have a mediocre business that's selling a heck of a lot of products they should not be selling. And then they try to scale that up. You're just scaling up something painful and inefficient. Don't do that get the thing profitable and efficient and cash flowing and we'll talk about cash flow as well then scale it that is my absolutely heartfelt advice particularly if you don't have much cash flow at the moment some people have zero and they want to create and they're making revenue and they have zero cash flow because they're just running at break even they have cash flow but it's not really and the free cash flow is zero or there's no profit and some people have a A reselling business that they have that is making pretty mediocre profits, and they want to start a private label custom product business. I've got a couple of clients like that that I've had recently, and yeah, you can and should create your own more exciting, defensible business. But if you've got a catalog of products right now then go look for the gold there first. And you'll be amazed and delighted if you perform this kind of analysis and get in there on how much more money you can make from just everything you've got. What to do next then, folks? So if you are doing at least $10,000 or pounds or euros per month in revenue, I can give you a free audit. You can be reseller, private label, custom product, brand owner, I'm an Amazon focused guy, but I'm actually, it turns out this stuff applies the same in Shopify or other direct to consumer sites. I've only worked on Shopify sites so far, to be fair with this approach, but just go to my Amazon audit, my Amazon, A-U-D-I-T for tango.com and you can book something. And as I say, it will work for Shopify business owners as well. Just know that I'm really an Amazon specialist. That said, I do get people approach me and stay as clients, if they're Shopify owners with this simple approach still makes sense and if you want to get access to the eva analytics system for amazon sellers only as i've mentioned go to amazingfba.com forward slash analytics a n for november a-l-y-t-i-c-s for sugar thank you very much for listening whether we work together for years as joint venture partners or client and coach or you join the mastermind or we never speak personally i cannot tell you how strongly i urge you to do this work if you're already doing all the hard work to get products out there and put them inside of consumers you're serving consumers you're serving the people you buy from you're serving amazon make sure you're going to get served yourself you deserve to get paid a decent profit as a business owner and this is one of the absolute classic things that people overlook time and again big experienced or beginner or small. I've seen it across all of those. Don't be that person. Be the person that is smart enough to see that they could be sitting on a gold mine. I hope you are. Thanks very much for listening. I've been Michael Beasy from Amazing FBA Podcast Family. This is the 10K Collective Podcast for six, seven, and eight-figure Amazon sellers. Thanks for listening. Speak to you in the next show. If you would like resources and links and other help, to do with today's episode just go to amazingfba.com forward slash thanks for listening to the 10k collective podcast for six and seven figure amazon sellers i really hope you found the show helpful to you please don't forget to subscribe to the show and if you're on apple podcasts please do leave us a quick star rating it will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening. So one